had just turned 21. Laying there in the hospital, everything was gone. And I remember looking up, what am I going to do now? I think the universe chose for me because I just started painting. Once I get in the zone, focused, everything else can just melt away. And that was standing out. All of a sudden created this demand for paintings and for people to be purchasing it. And the doors opened so easily for this path for art. Gianna Andrews, I'm Andrew Connect, and this is the Unpretentious Podcast. Gianna lives a life in tune with nature, and nature moves at her own pace and has her own plans. For Gianna, nature broke her back at 21, which led to her discovering freedom, listening to her inner voice, and embracing painting as a career. Here's how her harmonious relationship with nature started. I grew up sort of in the outdoors. My dad would take me out into the mountains a lot and take me climbing and camping and hiking and I also grew up on this little teeny island in the Puget Sound where a third of the island is protected by like state trust land so can't be developed so I kind of grew up in the woods and it's just been sort of I've always just felt this connection to nature and inspired by the organic like flowy flowiness of being outside nature is just something that's always been a part of your life and what, what was your father what did he do for your for a job so my dad works for or still does work for cascade designs and basically an outdoor company that sells like camping gear tents stoves water filtration for backcountry camping and whatnot he was always really into getting outside test to test the gear um, to go camping and he sort of saw like nature as a spiritual place for himself I think and tried to or worked on passing that along to me and that like this is the place where you get a break from society you get a break from the noise of, of cities and you you just like kind of find yourself that was really ingrained in me growing up and so when you're starting college what is your idea for what you're going to do for a living I followed, I followed skiing to college, to Montana State University. When I was looking at colleges, I was always like a straight-A student in high school, but I didn't want to go to a private school. I wanted to go somewhere where I could be close to the mountains, so that led me to Bozeman, Montana, and there I began to ski and just kind of continue everything that I learned in my childhood, but this time it was a lot closer because I was literally living like in a mountain town and I was going to school for environmental studies. I thought that's what I was planning to major in, but I sort of thought I would get that college degree and then go to guide school or be a mountain guide, which essentially means like working for a guiding company and taking people out into the mountains and leading them on adventures. And so once I graduated college, I pictured myself going to guide school, but things didn't quite work out that way. So you grew up in nature, your father, He's in the business. He understands the industry. It also speaks to you. And then why? What do you mean things didn't turn out that way? What happened? I decided to take a little break from Bozeman, Montana and enrolled in a Knowles course, which is National Outdoor Leadership School. And we went to the Himalayas to Mountaineer for 45 days. So I was there in the mountains and Himalayas are pretty extreme, really hot in the day and then really really cold at night and it was it was an amazing trip it was also like very rugged and like hard on me Mm -hmm. sort of mentally I sort of was trying to put myself in the place of like being one of those instructors on that course and like wondering like oh my gosh is this really what I necessarily want to do with my life though it's beautiful and amazing it's like I don't know if I could do this all the time (laughs) like for a job after the Himalayan mountaineering course my friend and I kept traveling through India for a month and a half and I just had this like really strong feeling like I needed to go back to Bozeman and buy a nice mountain bike I was already into mountain biking but I just wanted to go buy like a nice bike I also had this feeling like I should keep traveling the world which my friend that I was traveling with continued to travel after I left and is still traveling now and wow. this was almost three years ago <laughs> but anyways I went back to Bozeman to buy a mountain bike 
So you're now into mountain biking as a career? No. So basically, I, I headed back to Bozeman, bought my mountain bike, biked on it for like maybe a month, and then went over the handlebars and totally broke my back. Mm. It was a really bad accident. I broke my teeth off and uh, was just sort of laying there had knocked the wind out of myself, was backboarded, taken to the ER, and found out that I compressed my T6 and 7 vertebrae. And the thing that was, like, worse than the pain of that was just sort of, like, losing this identity of being outdoors because I had identified as a mountain athlete, Mm. et cetera. And then all of a sudden I was sort of stripped of, like, everything I knew and promised, like, a really long recovery, though I was to recover which was super lucky and I'm so super thankful for that. Wow. And this, how old are you when you went through this experience of everything kind of been taking from you in one moment? Had just turned 21, feeling like everything was gone. As I'm laying there in the hospital, I was with one of my friends who's actually also an artist. And I remember like looking up at her and being like, what am I going to do now? Just feeling pretty hopeless. And she Mm. recommended that I start painting. Before this, I had already done some painting classes, and I it was really, art was something that I sort of kept hidden from mm. everyone. It wasn't really anything that I necessarily spent a ton of emotional or mental energy thinking about or, you know, time on. But all of a sudden, I had all of this time to start painting, and so that's, that's what I did, is I just started painting, and it just sort of evolved into the, into this art career that I'm now in that you're now pursuing this and to kind of make sense of that so for some people they might think pursuing a job as a mountaineer that would be a big bold adventure but for you you're in the context you grew up in that was more expected and more normal part of like the town I was living in Bozeman Montana there were quite a few friends I had going to guide school my dad had mentioned it multiple times before that Mm. that would be a cool career path for me yeah, it was just sort of more of an accepted cultural thing because in, in this town, it's it's just an outdoor mecca. It's an outdoor recreation town, and that's sort of like a really respected career path there. But being an artist is something that to even to people that think mountain guiding is a legit career path, being an artist seems kind of crazy. I'm like, how are you going to make money? And like, it doesn't work like that, and the world doesn't work like that. So mm-hmm. I definitely came up a bit against sort of that ideology yeah I definitely think like mountaineering and being an artist both of those are you know everything's legitimate career but it's just the context of what you grow up in like my first assumption might be wow you were being a mountain guide how rebellious or how outside of but for you that's actually in the, the realm of normal and accepted and this thing called art it took so it took an it took an accident and a back brace I think 10 months you were recovering and that was this big nudge and that got you to be an artist Three months in a back brace, mm. and then like probably two years of recovery. But wow. during my recovery, after I got out of the back brace, I was going to physical therapy. My physical therapist recommended rock climbing to strengthen <laughs> the muscles in my back um, around the break. And so I started going to the rock climbing gym. I definitely will admit that I'm a bit competitive <laughs> in outdoor sports and just sort of like one track minded. Mm-hmm. With stuff like that. So I fully dove into climbing and I've gone through climbing phases before in my life before this had happened. I just started going to the gym like every day. <laughs> when my back probably and like my balance was questionable, mm-hmm. even though I thought I was taking it slow, like looking back now, I definitely was not. Mm. And so then I was on a 10 day climbing trip 10 months after I'd broken my back. I was on this climbing trip and I. Mm rolled my ankle and broke my foot while I was hiking up to approach this climb like three miles out from the car. I had to get piggybacked back to the car, then taken to urgent care, found out I broke my foot. And that's when I moved home. I was living in Bozeman at the time and I moved back to the Pacific Northwest, back to the little island I grew up on to just sort of like reflect and get some space on the way my life was going because I was just feeling like accident prone and also I knew that going back would would give me a chance to just focus on painting and not get distracted by these outdoor activities that were um that I want like I do love the outdoor activities but Mm -hmm. to not get distracted and keep 
like literally breaking myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like life literally kicked you in the teeth. And even that, even that wasn't enough of a nudge where it still felt like, okay, I'm going to go climbing. And now it's like, okay, now maybe pursue this artist thing for a job. So, I mean, what did that what does painting mean to you or does it feel like it's something you have to do or you're called to do or what's it like to be a painter for you right so when i moved back home i guess i was 22 two years ago i didn't move back to make it my job i moved back Mm. to like focus on it and so i think that's a big difference about following a passion that turns into a career that becomes your career is that it's something that gives me freedom and like this feeling of freedom, adrenaline even, and exploration, similar things that I get from outdoor sports, but Mm. I get them by just sitting in a room with Mm. some art supplies, and it's definitely like safer than (laughs) those activities, though I still do outdoor activities today, maybe in a bit different way, but, you know, practicing art and just like that process, it's very like, it's meditative as climbing a mountain would be. It has a lot of similarities it's a flow state. It has a lot of similarities to any outdoor sport that I've gone into in that like it's challenging and it's frustrating. It's not easy, but mm. it's also like super rewarding and it totally allows me to just like get in the zone and be in the moment. And that's why like I think it works so well for me. Cause I don't believe you chose art because it was safer. Like you're saying, you're already out in the Himalayas and you're having these questions. Do I want to do this for a career or for my job? Or can I spend my life doing this? So does art did art does art feel the same to you where you have these same questions? Or is there actually a different... Because both things you're passionate about, but do they kind of feel different? Or how did you kind of choose between like almost two different passions that speak to you pretty strongly? I think the universe chose for me. <laughs> I don't know if I would have chosen art as a career if I didn't have two injuries that I was trying to both like still recovering from the back and then a foot in a boot. Like, I don't know if I would have just jumped into it and sort of like dove into it in that same way. And Mm. so the thing is that like I can enjoy outdoor recreation Mm -hmm. and not make it my job. And I guess that's the same thing as if someone else is is practicing art, they can practice and enjoy it and not make it their job. But it just became clear that the more I practiced art and like started to share it slowly on social media, there was something different about maybe how I was approaching it, how I was doing it that was standing out Mm -hmm. from, that was standing out and that all of a sudden created this demand for paintings and for people to be purchasing it. And so it just it didn't really feel like a choice ever. It just sort of, I mean, Mm. yes, I'm, you know, I'm in control of my life for sure, but like the doors open so easily for this path for art and they, they were not opening for me in the outdoors in Uh, that way. Do you think kind of like your origin story of how you committed to art? It seems like that was a period of your life. You're a 21 year old girl who just had this horrible accident where it's like, okay, I've, a lot has been taken from me and I've got a lot of tough questions I'm wrestling with. Is that struggle and that reflection and that whole process, is that kind of what you started pouring into your art when all you can do is be in a back brace? Yeah, I think the struggle definitely influenced how I was going about art because there was, well, I don't know. It, it was just a way to feel free when I was stuck. So it was just, Mm. it was just this way to get a breath, like a breath of fresh air when there was nothing I could do to change the situation in my life. Mm. And then all of a sudden I could just paint a picture and like delve into a scene and forget about the rest of the world. And like, it still is that today, Mm -hmm. which is cool. Like once I get, once I get in the zone and like focused, I, everything else can just sort of like melt away and it's just me and like it's the best part yeah and i've looked at a lot of your pictures on instagram and other places and a lot of a lot of what you paint is very nature based so it's very much in line with what you love about life yeah because at first it was like oh this is a way for me to free my mind and pretend i'm still in the mountains like Mm. when i was hurt but now it's just it's this way to relate to the feeling and like emotion that you get from the, the natural 
what the planet like and what the earth that we're like floating through space on is like it's just this yeah I guess it's a way to to relate to your surroundings and and I guess like I said you know growing up and going to college and that theme of like being outside away from like man-made objects and cities and this kind of like safe haven and that's why I I think I like to paint it but that being said I, I love to paint nature I also like to paint things that I don't necessarily like put out to the public mm. in general, like on my Instagram and like don't promote. And they're not, they're not all nature. So mm-hmm. I think that like, I want to keep the doors open to like, though I'm painting na- nature now and like that is my main theme. It probably will remain that way. Like I don't want to box myself into like just a nature artist because things could always change and I could start painting something else. If that makes sense. Yeah, you're just gravitating to that, or historically, that's something you've gravitated towards because that's a form of expression you know or you're familiar with. So to branch out into something new would be awesome to see kind of what your take is on that. Yeah, totally. And I don't know how to describe your style. I'm sure that's almost the hardest thing to do is style, but it seems very dreamlike. It seems like like a lot of your stuff is very ethereal. Or it's like, here's the world we know, but then something shifted where it's almost a different take on it or a different palette or a different way of viewing it. So how would you describe, like, you're very, every painting is trying to capture a feeling or a moment, and you, you will bend some of the rules of reality in order to convey certain elements of what you're experiencing? Yeah, so I think visions for paintings come in multiple ways, because what you're kind of describing is, like, a vision. Like, where does that idea, like, feeling, whatever, whatever it is that you end up, that's the final product of a painting, like, where does that come from? Yeah. For me it sort of happens in two ways that I've like noticed like one will be I will be out surfing skiing and see the scene and have this like feeling like this overwhelming like feeling of like the here and now or like I'm in that place and like realize like oh my gosh I want to paint this like it's just this like overwhelming like Mm -hmm. perfect like everything's perfect moment like I don't don't know it's hard to it's it is really hard to explain that's the thing about it is that there's no way to explain it exactly but this sort of vision will happen and I and then I take a mental picture I take a picture with my phone and like okay like I'm gonna go home and paint this that's so that's one way that it happens so then I'll go home and paint that scene or I'll have a vision and a dream or while I'm brainstorming on ideas of what I want to paint I'll see something that I don't know I don't think I've necessarily seen before I mean obviously it's like a culmination of the world around us but I've never seen this like exact setting and I'll paint it I'll paint that like idea that that came from I don't know where it comes from but came from somewhere Hmm. and then I will be out like camping or outside in nature and then all of a sudden like I realize that I'm sitting all of a sudden in front of a scene that I've already painted. Hmm. So it's kind of cool that there's like two ways it happens. What is that experience like to stumble across something and be like, I have painted this even though I haven't seen this exact place before. This is the place. What is that like? It all makes sense now. Like that's what it feels like. It all just makes sense. Like everything is aligned <laughs> and I'm in the right place and like everything makes sense. It's really the only way to describe it. Like, have, if, if you've ever felt that sort of feeling of, like, I know I'm doing something right, or, like, you just know that, like, everything's right. I do, but not not to the degree where it's, like, deja vu. I can translate into that feeling, but not directly of, like, visiting a place or something like that, where, like, that's got to be, I'm like, oh, my, this is, in, like, this is insane, this is crazy, but for you... I guess that that's just part of how you approach life is more this feels right. And so that's just like the st- strongest confirmation you can get of this whole setting, this whole thing. Everything makes sense. This feels right. And this is the confirmation of it. Yeah, I have a story, a specific story I could share about it if you if you Absolutely. So one time, this is one of the one of the most epic times that, it, that it's happened. But I basically was commissioned to paint a piece for a woman that I know well and she was explaining the scene or like the vision that she had and then wanting me to take it and run but she was explaining this bird and this like horizon um, to me and that it's not mountains but it's some sort of expanse and she kept using the word expanse and I was like 
Mm. When she was standing there explaining it to me, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't get it. Like, I don't know what you mean, you know, but I'm going to think about it. Like sometimes when people explain that sort of project to me, it takes me a, a little bit to, to ruminate and sift through ideas. Five days later, I'm walking on the coast. I now live near the coast, but at the time I didn't. And the sun's setting. All of a sudden, there's this like flock of birds flying around. And she had described a raven. And there was this flock of ravens. And then there's like this sunset that's like shining. And then it's just like this expanse. And the water is like reflecting the sun. And it's like reflecting it back and forth to infinity. And I just mm. see the expanse and the birds. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is literally like, what was the painting? Like, it was just described to me like five days ago, you know, I'm at the coast. It's not, it just like all like clicked and came together and like made sense. And that's sort of what I'm trying to explain is that that was a crazy time because that usually someone else isn't necessarily involved in that process of right. like helping me get there. But like, that was one of the craziest moments of standing on the beach and watching that sunset and realizing that that was like the image I was going to paint. And then I painted it. Yeah, that's intense. And that's kind of almost like your skill set of people describe these terms or this idea they have in your mind and they don't know how to represent it or to paint it or even conceive of it. But then just how you process life and being out and your surroundings, you have that kind of lodged in your brain and then something strikes a chord with you and it all just clicks. And the most frustrating moments of my life are when I can't get it to click <laughs> because it doesn't always happen right away. And that's something that I'm still working on and I don't have the answer to. But that's part of the beauty of what you're doing where if, if you're a bricklayer laying bricks, it's very mechanical. You know, you make the brick, you stack it on top of each other. By the end of the day, you can build a house and you can have a timeline and it can be very structured and very mechanical. Whereas what you're doing is very organic. It can't be forced. You water it, you hope it grows. But if it if the seed doesn't come above the soil, it's not like you can dig it up and feed, right? You just kind of have it has to. Yeah. But it can grow into something so much more complex or so something so much larger than any person could design. Like you're saying, you feel like you're tapping in to the very universe. And I could never make something this big or this complex. And look how it all flows and it's all natural. That's a cool way to describe it, yeah. That's got to be very frustrating. <laughs> You've been an artist for over a year now. What has this whole process been like of trying to manage something you can't control or just enjoy something that's kind of beyond you? I quit all my side jobs a year ago to dive into full-time art because I knew that my jobs were starting to, these side jobs were just taking away from the mm. time that I could be putting into it and taking away my energy. And so I just, and I was having enough projects come in that mm. I knew that hopefully I'd be financially stable enough to just dive in. I think a big part of it is to not worry about if the vision will come or like if a painting work, will work out you know, if, if I'm going to get paid this month and just enjoy the process and like trust everything because I keep reminding myself that, you know, if it's worked for this long or like if it's worked in the past, there's no reason it won't work in the future. It might not be like, I might not get that project or that paycheck exactly when I wanted it or like kind of needed it. <laughs> mm. Or like, I might not get that vision, like the day that I have all day to work on a painting, but like it will come and like things will work out and I think that's just part of life too is you can live you know worrying about all your little problems because there's always inevitably going to be issues mm. in life or you can just and I, it's not that I don't get worried but I really try to just not let anything like upset me or, and just try to like keep a balance don't let the highs take me too high and like don't let the lows take me too low just stay even and focused and appreciative and like grateful for the life that I have kind of sounds like you operate almost in two different modes where it's like you have this side of you that's very much like I need to take care of business and financially I've got a plan but then at one point you're like okay I'm going to quit all these side jobs that were in one sense I guess bringing in money and it's a sure thing but you committed kind of full-time to almost this lifestyle of creativity and passion so do you still kind of operate from two modes? Yeah I think I do. Yeah, I mean, I definitely have committed to a lifestyle of uncertainty. And with uncertainty, I've implemented like my own routines, like any freelancer, entrepreneur, 
to get anything done. I make my own schedule. And so what I do is I have this notebook where I write down chunks of my day, sometimes by the hour, every two hours, what I'm doing. And if I have a day where I know I just need to work on like the business side of things, like I'll write down the list of everything I have to do and like what I'm going to do by the hour. Then I'm just going to like on that day, I'll just like make sure to get everything done, you know, focus on the the business side of everything, which has also been a, a huge learning process in the last three years. And really, especially the last year of going full time, just like how to run a business. It's a whole nother thing. It's a whole nother thing that you can be an artist and not make it a business. That's been, it's been kind of challenging, but also fun. I think my intellectual side and like the side of me that enjoyed college and like grades and papers and dealing with professors, you know, like mm-hmm. all of that, like I enjoyed that. And I think the business side kind of like fulfills that for me. Mm-hmm. But then I'll also have these days where I just dedicate that to like creativity and maybe I answer an email or two jot notes down but I that is a like painting day or like a painting afternoon and I'll block out time so then I'm not saying you know two to four I'm painting it's like mm-hmm. no like all day like being creative <laughs> and sometimes the frustrating thing like I was saying is sometimes when I plan those days then the inspiration just disappears yeah. because inspiration likes to hide it likes to come out when I'm busy and like hide when I'm ready for it that's like frustrating but I think I have enough things to do that like if it's really not happening I'll just like shift to working on something else business-wise I'll go get outside and like enjoy being outside because that can really help inspire me Mm. breaking up my time and learning how to like manage it is huge and I'm still learning but I'm getting better (laughs) how would you describe that relationship between kind of these two different modes that all of us have in us where it's like do you see them as like irreconcilable differences like well, if I become a very disciplined, routine, structured person, that's going to kill off my creativity and my like understanding and openness to experiences. Or do you kind of see them as like yin and yang, or they complement each other, so they're opposites, but yet they're both needed and they bring out the best of each side? Or kind of how do you view this? I think structure is important, and some type of structure and routine is important, whether it's an exercise routine or anything like that that provides balance and I think balance is super important like a balanced diet like you know mm. not just like binge eating cookies or something <laughs> having that balance for your mental health because if, mm-hmm. if you don't plan anything if you don't structure anything and then you're still like doing commissions working for people or having deadlines with your art but you don't have any of it structured I personally like lose track of what I'm doing Mm -hmm. so it is important for me to keep track but in my schedule like I schedule in like time to be spontaneous so it's like okay like this weekend I'm probably just gonna go outside I'm probably not gonna paint that much maybe I'll bring a painting with me camping but I'm gonna go like where I feel like going outside like it does like the weather dependent and I I like to live my life by the weather, kind of, so <laughs> if it's a good snow day, I'll go to the mountains. If it's a good surf day, I'll go to the beach. So letting the weather take me where I'm going, but then also, like, yeah, there are some days when it's a beautiful day, I've planned to work inside, and I have to get something done on the computer, and I have a list of things, and I will do that, too. So I'd say it's like a give and take. It, it is a yin and yang, like you said. It's like a balance. And that, that concept that you kind of like to like base your life off the weather, that, that speaks to pretty much your whole nature experience. So much of your life has been tapping into the universe, as you would describe it, of being open to what it's offering and kind of its vibe or its mood, and you kind of play off of that. I think that's a really good way to describe it, because everything's always subject to change, just like the weather. It's never guaranteed sunny forever or rainy forever. Like when we talk about structure and like how the weather is always shifting, it's changing. I won't let that like get me down when things are always changing, just like in nature, things are always changing at the same time. I'd be willing to shift with it, I suppose, if that makes sense. It does. I've spent a lot of time in nature, but not near the degree you have. So I'm very curious to get your perspective of why not live either near a city or in a city and just go to the park and experience nature if you did live that way, what do you think you might be missing out on or what would that cut you off from? Or another way of saying it, it's like for those of us who aren't living the lifestyle you're living, what are kind of some of the things you think you pick up on that most people might not be aware of who don't mm-hmm. even pay attention to the weather? Oh, um, well, first off, I suppose 
Yeah, so I live in between, I live two hours from Seattle, like two and a half, and then like three and a half from Portland, and those are two of my major like Pacific Northwest markets. My fear of living in a city, and it is a true fear that one day I might conquer, I might live in a city, it's hard, you know, I'm not going to write it off completely, is that cities tend to make me feel claustrophobic. There's so much going on and it's so overstimulating. And I feel like I can't like get in touch with myself, what's outside. And like, like you said, like living in a city, you're less in touch with like the weather because your life is potentially inside. And I'm not saying that's bad in any way. I'm just saying like, for me, I think I would start to feel really like stuck, angsty, I suppose. And like, I love visiting cities, like, and I love doing shows in them and like, going out to events in the city. But I think like living there and creating a routine in a city, it just sounds, I don't know. Well, maybe another way to put it is it feels very much like you have something that a lot of people would be envious of, which is when you are looking for inspiration or you're looking for hope or peace or joy, solace or comfort, you tap into nature and you find that inspiration and that connection there. Whereas in a city, a lot of people tap into Netflix and they're going to binge watch a show. And oh my goodness, this show is so inspiring. This show gets me. This show is everything, right? And it's like, yeah, maybe, but it sure seems more powerful if you could get that straight from nature. So is that part of maybe your concern? Like, I don't want to reduce my inspiration down to a Netflix show. Like, I right now can look outside my window and see, like, rolling hills and, like, mountains, blue sky and trees. Mm. And I do live in, like, a town with sidewalks. It's not like I'm, like, in the woods. (laughs) Uh To me, that's, like, it's just more open and there's, like, more energy. And in a city, and there are some really amazing progressive cities, like, both Seattle and Portland. And, I I, like, those are the cities I've been in the most, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, about like especially where you're at like I I just don't know but like I fear that in a city you're becoming so much more separated from nature that like Mm -hmm. it's creating these like environmental issues climate issues but that's not to say that like it a huge argument that living in a city is actually more sustainable than living like in the outskirts where I live Mm -hmm. so it's like a give and take because it's like condensed living of like humanity kind of makes sense you just like walk everywhere and like then you don't mm. have to drive and, and all the amenities are there but the man-made structure like we've talked about in my paintings how it's like mainly nature-based i feel like that would really conflict with sort of like that channel of creativity for me you kind of it sounds like you're kind of processing that through the lens of like you know environmental concerns or sustainability which are which are all valid what i'm really looking towards is inspiration right like some people they could argue well, nature is good and all, but man who has created a city from nature, look how inspiring the city is. You know, right, like all the things that men can make. It could be said, why aren't those more inspiring than nature? Yet, I think, yes, we are very good at creating, but how do you top a sunset? How do you top a... Yeah. What would your thought be from an inspirational level? Maybe the way we're living now and like society in general is living now is that we feel like we're above nature because of what we've created or that we've sort of separated ourselves from it. The reality is that we rely and like we all came directly from like things before like cities and skyscrapers and Netflix. (laughs) And that if we don't realize sort of where we came from or like the roots and like if we complete disconnect then and I'm taking this from an environmental standpoint because that's like my your degree <laughs> degree but the the degradation like the environmental degradation and environmental problems are just going to get like worse and worse if we think that we're so above it because ultimately like, all our resources come directly from nature like our food mm-hmm. what we eat the water we drink is clean because of like the ecosystems so in painting and like in inspiration it's sort of like this painting like the roots of where I feel like most at home or like where I feel like we all came from or where I where at least I belong is like outside away from like a screen yeah and I think 
Well, I think everyone feels that intuitively. Like, I think we know there's these large themes in nature or there's these, these lessons that we can learn from nature. Like, I think everyone knows that, but I think, I think the lessons of nature are not as easily accessible. You learn them a different way than you learn turning on a Netflix show and being entertained. Totally. Well, it's less, like, fulfilling almost because like attention spans are getting shorter and nature is so like still and moves mm-hmm. at this different pace mm-hmm. than a city. It's like so much slower in a way. And to, to us, it almost seems like it's not changing. Mm. Like, because, you know, our perspective is like, everything's going really fast and like mm-hmm. phones and Instagram likes or whatever, like it's just all like moving super fast. And then you go to nature and it's like quiet and like still. And I think it's just like a difference in perspective. I've been reading an article It's talking about hipsters. The whole point of it was it was written by a hipster who felt the term, he, he called them Hefner hipsters, like after Hugh Hefner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, these are basically people who come in and they steal from the artistic hipster and they just want to appear like this creative, intellectual or eccentric or they stand for values or ideals or they're passionate. They just come in and want to pretend they're that in order to, you know, have permission to appear a certain way in society or achieve certain things. And he was like, one of the critiques he read talking about why people are this way is they are overwhelmed by this flood of information that has led them to believing there isn't such a thing as truth. Like there's just so mm-hmm. much information. We're so overloaded to believe you can actually make sense of it. It's, such, it's too arrogant to believe. How dare anyone believe that this could be made sense of? The best thing you can do is just try to live your life and find whatever joy you can. In one sense, I think we all know nature teaches us these different lessons, but we get caught so much up in what truly is arrogance to think man has all the answers and we have to speak to everything. And it's like, well, maybe if we just look around in nature, is nature falling apart? Well, maybe there is decay, but there's also growth from decay. Clearly this thing works. Clearly the universe can be made sense of and it's beautiful, but we, through our man-made creation and all the information and theories we've convinced ourselves of, we don't even believe truth can exist. When if you look at nature, it's like, what's more true than that? It ties into this, like nature, you actually, I think you come away feeling more confident, more sure of yourself. And you get, the more you get sucked into man-made theories and created things, it's like, you're like, well, who am I? And do I even exist? And it's like, wow, how did you get there? And I think part of that too is like, with cell phones and with technology, you know, they're, they do amazing things for us, but it's also a constant bombardment in a way to like space. And so like, it's this way that like everyone in the world can get a hold of you and like, you can like learn anything in the world mm-hmm. that you want to know about anything. And so like always having that access and like people having that access to you can like, take you out of being present in the moment. And it it happens to me too. And like, I have to like Mm. consciously be like, okay, I'm painting for the next five hours, like no phone, you know? (laughs) And like, that's just, it's, it's hard because we're, we're also sort of entrapped in these devices that connect us to everybody in a beautiful way and like help us learn whatever we want. But I think it can also be a dangerous tool. It's like you can't pinpoint one specific thing, but if you just step back and look at some of the smartest people in today's society, Musk, he, he, his belief is we're probably in an artificial reality and none of it's real. So it's like the apex of where we're currently going in our belief system is to say, we don't even know if we're real or not or if anything's real or not. And it's like, how sad that that is where your beliefs have gotten you is you question everything and don't even think you have any meaning and purpose when it's like if you just look at nature it sure speaks a different message at least to me it does i think there's a lot a lot to be learned from a walk in the woods (laughs) john muir yeah (laughs) the whole technology versus nature and just this whole difference that that's something that's just fascinating to me to look at these different worlds and compare kind of where they lead to but for me like yeah like you're saying you enjoy traveling for your job as an artist have you gotten to travel i'll do like shows in seattle like i said and shows in portland and a few other places like that I'm working on more opportunities but one of the coolest things I did actually about a year ago year and a half ago was fly to Alaska and paint a bus mural for Alaska Heli skiing and um, so I was painting it was March which is 
really winter in Alaska, mm. North, North Alaska. And so we built this like structure around this bus and the bus was basically a dispatch center for all their heli helicopters. Mm. And so clients helicoptering in and out of there to the mountains and like actually the free ride world tour was happening at the same time. So they're playing <laughs> rational skiers out there. And meanwhile, all this is going on. I'm like under this tent painting the side of the bus. It was definitely the biggest scale painting I had done at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was in totally uncharted territory, but it was super cool. And I got to go heli skiing. <laughs> and it was just like a really exciting, insane trip. That must have been awesome. And that's like two of your loves, skiing and then painting. And you're doing them both. And that must have been pretty surreal. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. And those Alaskan mountains are pretty gnarly for skiing. I was definitely a little shaken, but it was so awesome. Definitely was definitely on the bucket list. I'm glad I crossed it off. <laughs> you helicopter up to the top of a mountain and the, does the helicopter even land or do you just kind of jump off and land on the snow? It kind of touches down mm. a little bit with like, and then you just like jump out pretty much. <laughs> that sounds awesome. And then awesome. There's a, there was a guide with us. So they're guiding us and telling us where to go. That must've been awesome. This this hipster article I just read, it, it described kind of this conflict of like there's the, the true artist it describes like here's my explanation for the gentrification process and how it all occurs from like a very high level. And it seems like one of the things you have, which is I think a lot of people want to be artists or they want the appearance of being an artist, right? Which is I have this vision or I have these feelings or I am in touch with the universe. A lot of people I think desperately look for that. Is that something that can be taught in a school? Is that something that can be faked? Or it's like, how? I mean, you came by it through like such a strange series of events. How, if someone wants to be, I want to be an artist, I want to have, if that really speaks to them, how, <laughs> do you have any advice for how they go about uh, living a life of a painter or an artist? I think that it all sounds really great and like romanticized, but it's also like, I feel like just living a life creatively is all about like following what you love no matter what anyone else thinks or says or anything like that. And so, and not in this way of, I mean, there's certainly things that people could love that wouldn't necessarily be like good for society, but I think in general, doing what you love and like sharing that no matter what other people think about it is one of the best things that you can do to like influence the world in a positive way and also be true to yourself and like know that you're you're doing the right thing and you're on the right path like it's almost like working some job that you feel like you should because your your mom and dad said so and mm. because it's like a right price on the paycheck and you know it's okay versus and meanwhile you're working it every day thinking about how you want to be a like a mountain photographer and you're not doing it and every day it sort of like bothers you but then you like push it aside it's one life and like following that internal whisper and that deep feeling mm -hmm. I feel like is so important I think that's something that my accident allowed me to do was just like I had these sort of like whispers about living creatively and about art throughout potentially my whole life but I just never heard them and, mm -hmm. I, and they were never they're never loud enough to me until I got hurt I definitely don't wish that type of experience an injury on anyone else mm -hmm. to like realize their purpose I think just like being aware of, you know, what's what's really inside of you instead of like conforming, I suppose. I see. So for you, you had this accident at 21. You could have turned the TV on. You could have you could have spent every day. You could have distracted yourself watching all these shows or just my goal in life is I want to be this mountaineer. It makes sense. This is what I'm doing. And then you could be like, geez, why are these other mountaineers so happy? doing this for a living and it doesn't seem fulfilling to me why am I not happy like that that could very much been you if you hadn't been open to possibilities that were very painful to you at the time I suppose so so like when I was recovering from my injury I definitely could have just chilled and watched Netflix <laughs> just looking back I probably worked too hard on my paintings and should have relaxed more <laughs> but I was like all of a sudden just like super driven because I think maybe mm. that's just sort of how I am to like driven to like figure out painting. If there's something that, that's like speaking to you loudly inside, being being brave enough to follow that is definitely an, an amazing realization. Mm. 
think modern life drowns out deeper things that might speak loudly to us that we can't hear them through the noise we constantly surround ourselves with and that's something that you know scares you perhaps about a city is disconnecting from that voice which you know to be so important but it's it's so hard to hear when you spend a lifetime not listening to it or trying to ignore it i think that's a big reason why i moved out i live on the olympic peninsula in washington right now and love my friends in college like it was a great place to live but i just had this call to like that i kind of need to like go find my space and like be alone and like really figure out like this art thing and like figure out what it could be and it wasn't seeming to grow around sort of all that like noise like you said and all all that commotion um so and and i know that's not not everybody might not need to like leave Mm -hmm. everyone like all their friends and like move to a new town (laughs) just to like figure out their passion yeah figuring out how to stand up for yourself and uh gravitate towards towards what you like to do it can be really hard at first but but you talked about how driven you are like you, you throw yourself into painting how do you be competitive or throw yourself into nature because it seems like nature by its very being it's like a very relaxing very peaceful very serene how do you how do you be competitive at nature <laughs> yeah that's a good question where I went to school and like also just the outdoor community in general, there's elements of competitiveness in there. Mm. And so kind of like a race, like who can climb the biggest mountain or who can climb the certain route or who can bike down this faster. Or So I think that's, it, it's human competition. I definitely got sucked into that while I was in college, which is why I think I got hurt several times. And not that that's like a, necessarily a bad thing because it's cool that it's like you know who can push their limits and like mm-hmm. what testing mm-hmm. limits and like I am all for testing limits like on every in every way um I kind of like found my limits in the outdoors and realized I was living a bit too ab- beyond them I guess you could say but mm-hmm. within the outdoor community there is competitiveness that exists there's also a lot of many amazing supportive people mm-hmm. it's not all it's not all competitive because I'm a competitive person, I think I did get slightly sucked into that, I suppose, while living in a mountain town. And I really, like, I find myself, you know, like, I think we all fall victim to comparing ourselves to others. So sometimes I'll even feel that about art or about, like, my lifestyle, compare myself and, like, feel that, like, Mm. slight bit of competitiveness. But I think it's, it's kind of been removed from my life in general, which is a good thing. I do have a competitive nature, so I don't know if I could ever fully get rid of it. Yeah, it's very good for that growth. But you talked about limits, and that's, uh, especially in the art world, I think that is something, limits are like the worst thing ever. It ruins creativity. It just, it's awful. It's oppressive. It's everything that art isn't, but yet art by its very nature, you have to draw the line somewhere. You can't just leave a white piece of paper. So what do you... How do you relate to limits? Are limits something you hate? You talked about you had to find your limits. So how do you how do you feel about limits now? All of life has a limitation. Your entire lifespan mm. is limited. We're limited to what, you know, well, we're not even guaranteed 70, 80 years. If we do, that's pretty much how long we're going to live. Art is limiting because you're trying to convey a 3D image onto a 2D canvas. I think limits are amazing because it's what you what you create with the limits that um or what I can learn to create with the limits that that make it what it is because if if there weren't any limits I don't even know if you'd actually yeah I, I don't know I just limits limits are everything they are but I think it takes a lot of work especially for the artistic mindset to get there because I think artificial limits artificial limits those are awful to have society or just well my parents raised me to be an outdoor person my job will be outright that's an artificial limit like who says like that that doesn't make any sense it's artificial rebel against it push against it find out what the true limit of nature or whatever your belief system are find out what those true limits are and from there that allows you to then have something in order to actually make sense of life or to play against or to provide structure and direction and you know meaning and power that you can tap into so I think would you say that's true that you probably despise artificial limits but you have the wisdom to know what true limits are yeah I like to test 
test limits. So artificial limits are only artificial if you know they're artificial or else it's just a limit, right? So Correct. testing, like I never would have thought that I would be an artist painting pictures like I do. Like if I had seen a painting that I'd done, you know, in the last few months, if you'd showed that to me four years ago, I would have been like, no way. Mm. And so that's an artificial limit that you're placing on yourself. Like, or I was placing myself like, no way that's impossible. It's never going to work. So I think testing the limits within a certain bounds is really important. And like, that's the only way you'll discover true path or whatever is like testing, testing things, experimenting with limits. I don't always know when limits are, when it's a real limit or an artificial limit. I think I'm always learning and some things I've believed impossible Mm. are becoming possible. (laughs) in my life and like are happening that I never thought would happen and also things that I thought would happen aren't happening. <laughs> so I guess it's just, it's an interesting concept for sure. We've talked a lot about your artwork. I mean, you can't describe your art using just words. <laughs> That's why you draw a painting, not write a book. For those who are interested in actually seeing some of these paintings you've done that are very hard to describe, what's the best way for them to look at it? I know they can commission pieces. Where do they get all that information at? As far as commissioning, I have a website. It's www.giannaandrews.com. You can email me. There's an email form. I consider commissions. I work with businesses sometimes, like especially in the outdoor industry. That's sort of my main market right now. To set up like a meeting about a commission, you can email me on that form. And then from there, I move forward discussing the, the vision for the piece you might have and what I can offer and semi-selective with commissions just to make mm-hmm. sure that my that I sort of feel this alignment and like connection with the piece. I definitely do accept them. And then I also sort of have built a lot of my business and following off of social media, mainly Instagram. And so my handle is at Gianna Andrews. Post on there pretty regularly and like share my my recent work on there. Oh, tomorrow, you hope at least it's warm. Don't you want to live a simple Change before you turn